I am Reverend Deborah Phillips, and welcome to Discovering Spirit Within, a spiritual life center podcast dedicated to helping people discover and activate their personal relationship with the divine. Well, good morning. I'm here with Anne Roach. Hi, Anne. How are you doing this morning? Hi, good. Happy to be here. Um, and you are a certified uh, music practitioner and you work with people in memory centers and in hospitals. And then um, you're very well known here in, at uh, Spiritual Life Center because you are a member of the Soul Light Connection um, musical team and you're our soloist often and you uh, are lead singer. And today, though, we're going to talk about something different about your spiritual path. And it's always interesting to find out especially with people who sing and are up there, it's like, that's what we see. We see the singer. We see the person who's all together because they come up and they deliver this amazing song. And I know that often before services, you and I will go back in a corner and exchange energies before we get up in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's, it's really healthy for us to come out there and be human beings and you know, talk about what else goes on with us. And you had a particular thing that you wanted to talk about today. So could you tell us a little bit about this and we can just move into that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just in response to what you said, you know, I've been trained that the show must go on. And so, um, you know, as a performer and even as someone who is participating in a service, um, I've learned how to compartmentalize my life and put things aside so that I can walk out and, you know, hopefully be a vessel, you know, so that I can, um, you know, touch, move, inspire someone else through singing. However, I will say that there has been many times that I've been standing up there and I have felt lost, confused, frightened, um, like I don't know my way. And, um, I got to do it anyway. You know, I just put myself in that position. So one of the tools that has really helped me in life and in my spiritual journey is actually when I walked into a uh, codependent anonymous group called CODA. Um, it was six years ago, actually in, in October, that I walked through the door for the first time. I would say my first three years um, were pretty shaky. I was kind of, you know, coming to meetings sporadically, um, I got a lot out of it, but I really wasn't ready to kind of do the work. And so then I walked in again, probably two and a half years ago, and I was in for the long haul. And that's when I really started to see a lot of changes happen in my life. It's interesting how we, 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 we know that we need or want to do something in our lives and we keep sticking our toe in and sticking our toe in. And then it, and it's almost like, it's not magical, but it seems like magically one day it's like, oh, I can do this now. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's a very interesting process that goes on. Yeah, And I remember, I think that was when you came to me and asked me to write something for you about how I saw you or something. I was trying to figure out how long ago that was. And then you were starting some, some major process. Mm. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I don't remember the timing in that, but I guess yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, because you you undertook a massive internal, therefore an external change. So what has, I mean, I still watch you come up and, and do your thing in front of people. Um, but what's changed inside you? Um, hmm. 
That's a very. And good what's question. changed outside of you? What, where, where, what are your markers? How can you tell that that something's different for you? Well, I would say, um, you know, when I first walked into Coda, I felt really broken. I really did. Um, I was kind of the eternal yes person. I would say yes to everything to my detriment because I wanted people to like me and love me and I wanted to people please. And I did not have boundaries. You know, I grew up in a household where there weren't any boundaries. So I didn't even know what that meant. So, you know, often um, asking for what I needed was not in my realm of possibility. Um, so I think, you know, what happened is walking into the door, I literally sat there astonished and I cried the whole meeting because I felt like everyone else was talking about me. You know, it was like my feelings, my story was coming out of everyone else's mouth. And I was like, oh my goodness. So there isn't something intrinsically wrong with me. Like this is what people are working with. Um, so when I like dove into the work, I just realized that you mean it is okay for me to say no? <laughs> you mean it is okay for me to, you know, set boundaries? It's okay to ask for what I need. Um, that was like, I, it just changed my whole world. I, uh, I mean, it was like a whole different world. I was being born again. So, um, yeah. I guess, you know, I'll stop there. <laughs> well, but so, I mean, but that's got, that's got to take courage to start, to start to say no, to start to set boundaries when you have lived, especially with a bunch of other people for many, many years, and you haven't been doing that. And all of a sudden it's like, um, who are you? <laughs> why, why are you acting like this? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, Often and so uncomfortable that, that, for other people actually because they're yeah. like, "Wait a minute, this is not the Anne that I know." Like you're you're saying things that I don't <laughs> I don't recognize anymore. Yeah, you know, and I and I know that other people go. Um, obviously, okay. Let me back up for a second because one of the one of the most important things I think you've said so far is you found out that you were not alone, that you were not the only person who is having the same kind of challenge, and I think that's important no matter what 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 way we're, we're, we're facing our challenges is that, you know, you walk in somewhere, like even on a Sunday with a, a with mm -hmm. a, a Sunday talk or someone, and, and you just know that someone's been reading your mail because <laughs> um, they're talking directly to you. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for people to know that, you know, I remember when, that they're not alone. And I remember after my husband and I had been married for a short period of time, I said something one day and he said, I've never even heard that word before, boundaries he didn't even know because he was really good friends with a couple people who worked for him. And I kept telling him, you, you can't, you know, you've got to have some boundaries. And he would just had no idea what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Me too. I had no idea that it was even a possibility. So with boundaries, you actually have more freedom, right? Oh my goodness. I really got into saying no. <laughs> it was really funny. Like once I started to practice, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, cause I think what I realized is that, you know, everything that happens in my life is a choice. It's my choice. However, I didn't like, I mean, 
I guess I could conceptualize that thought. You know, I knew that it was true, but I didn't really experience it for myself because if I'm saying yes to things that I really want to say no to, then how can I complain about it? I'm the one who's saying yes when I mean no. And so really like seeing that, oh, you mean if I say no and I mean no, then I'm not signing up for something that I don't want to do, which in turn makes me not resent other people that I think are responsible for my feelings because I am taking full responsibility by actually saying what I mean. And that was so powerful for me. So what happened is I started to really go within and ask, do I want to do this? How do I feel about this? Not do I want to please, not who, how do they feel about it, not how am I going to look if I say no. It was more like, you know, how do I really feel about it? And so I did begin to say no. And all of a sudden my life started to change. I said yes to the things I wanted and no to the things that I didn't. And that's when real, I think real growth began to happen. Well, because then you're able to be yourself. You're able to be who you really are instead of always having that, that, because we're not always performing. <laughs> you know, there's that time to be putting that performance face forward. That's when you're singing. That's when I'm doing a meditation or a talk. But, you know, the rest of the time we need to be real. Um, you know, I had an experience. I was, uh, I managed a bookstore for a little while for a church and it was extremely stressful. It was a part-time job that took 50 hours a week mm -hmm. and I wanted wow. to quit. And I had a really good friend who was part of that organization who kept saying, but you can do this, you can do this. And when I finally quit and ended up with a very light, light, uh, uh, case of shingles, she said, I think I've learned a lesson is that just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should or that it's good for you. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that's the other part of it is, is that you might want to do it, but it's still the question is, is it good for me? Does that make any? Absolutely. Is yeah. it good for me? And yeah. I, I appreciate you bringing that, I mean, bringing that up because I think it's shifted from, is it good for everyone else to, is it good for me? And I really feel that the way that we help others is by doing our own spiritual work. And if I can, you know, love myself, respect myself, have boundaries for myself, then that is really going to come off in a much more helpful way with my community. Right, because if you're respecting me. yourself, then other people are going to respect you as well. Absolutely. Yeah, because absolutely. Because what happens when I said yes is everybody would keep asking me to do things. You know, it was like, oh, she, you know, ask Anne. She says yes all the time, and I didn't feel like I had a choice. You know, I felt like I had to say yes in order to be loved, and I realized that that's just not true. Um, also, I feel like what happened is. Um, one, so it, you know, the code is based on the 12 steps, which a lot of people see in like AA. Um, they are similar, but, you know, spe uh, specified toward CODA. And the fourth step is doing a searching and fearless moral inventory. And I have to say that that was a very frightening, but very revealing step for me. So literally, you know, you take time to go back through different age ranges in your life through childhood and your, and I, you know, I asked myself, well, when did I become codependent? What was going on during this time? When did I learn these survival mechanisms? And um, starting to kind of see how I became the way I am today by really looking. 
And I feel like before I walked into CODA, I didn't want to look. I mean, I'm, I was afraid, you know, to look. Um, and now I just want to see everything, like all the good, all the bad, all the ugly. It's all a part of who I am. And there's none of it that needs to be shunned. You know, it's like it, it makes up who I am. And so that really changed for me too, just being open to looking and investigating, you know, myself. How did I learn how to be this way? And overcoming the whole idea of shame. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people ask me, um, well, why doesn't somebody, why, why, don't, why don't people just work on themselves? And it's like, because they're afraid. And I've often thought that a lot of people are afraid to look within because they're going to either find out that there's nothing there or that, or that they're a really horrible, awful person. Mm. You know, and so if I really look at myself, I'm going to find out things I don't want to know. That's possible. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think we all would, right? We all do. But that's also how we are able to release that part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, and you've said that um, uh, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza has had a great influence on you as well. Um, Is he, is, does the CODA people use his work as well? Or is that another thing that you do? That, that's just something you've added into your own practice? Yeah, um, I discovered um, Dr. Joe actually through uh, a friend, and but I am positive that I would not have been ready for that next step if I had not have done all the work through CODA. So I feel like um, step 11 in CODA is um, pretty much like devoting yourself to prayer and meditation. And I feel like I was really ready for that. And then he kind of appeared in my life. Um, and so I have actually, um, begun a daily practice of meditation since March, since we all kind of sheltered in place, it seemed like the perfect time to start. And so I meditate, I would say about two hours every single day. And I made a commitment to myself that no matter how I feel, no matter what is going on in my life, that I'm going to take that time to commune with that presence, that consciousness within me. And so, yes, I do feel that CODA kind of prepared me for that next step. It's, it's, it's interesting is this, once you set your foot on the path, things just sort of start to appear mm-hmm. as you become ready for them. And it's easier to accept them as you've, as you've done a little bit of work than, oh, well, I can do this now. And, oh, well, I can do this now. And I would like to put in this caveat that not everybody is going to be able to sit down and meditate for two hours. So don't beat yourself up if you can't do that out there. <laughs> it's something oh that gosh, you really yes. have to work to, you know. Absolutely. Well, I didn't start out that way. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's like um, we have a group at over at SLC that they, they start out on Thursday nights. They start out with a little guided meditation and then they sit in silence for five, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's not how I'm built. You know, I have my own, my own way. And that's the other part of this. It's a, what you have been on and what you are on is this incredible um, path of self-discovery. And you're, you are looking at the good, the bad and the ugly, and then the beautiful. And, and I, I don't know what, I don't know what it does to a person's psyche. You are you are a very modest and, and humble person, but I know that people just rave and rave and rave it, uh, about your singing and your talent and your, you know, and it's like, that's wonderful, but that's, you're so much more than that. And I wonder how you, how you cope with that. Or is it just, you've been doing it so long that you just, is that's part of the compartmentalization? 
probably. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not you know, I mean, I, I'm so I'm so grateful that people right. rave about my singing. I want to I want to be clear, you know, but I also want to be clear that I am one component of an entire group of musicians that are bringing this message about. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I am the one who's usually standing in the front and singing. And so you're hearing the song and you're hearing the lyrics. But if I was just standing up there alone singing a cappella, it really would not have the same effect. And so it's like every piece fits into that puzzle so that I can actually do that. And so, you know, being a part of that kind of situation is really you know, what makes it happen. And I appreciate, I do find myself to be humble. Um, and that is because I have skeletons in my closet. You know, there are things that I find that I still want to hide. And I feel like, um, through CODA, I've really come to believe that we all do and that it's really through the honesty and the openness of kind of sharing those things, you know, like, I'm so scared that if I told you this, you wouldn't love me anymore, which is really what, you know, bridges that connection or makes that connection even stronger. And so, yes, I'll say you see me up there and maybe you think, wow, she's a star. And yet there's all this stuff going on inside of me <laughs> that's human that I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a work in progress. And there are times that I feel terrible. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. And there are times that I feel happy. You know, it's like, I'm like everyone else. Yeah, and I, I, I really appreciated over the, the years that we've, we've worked together, um, that honesty. And because I see other performers, other people come through and, you know, it's probably, they've probably got a lot of the same thing going on. It's like, just here, just look at this one face because of all the other insecurities that are going on. Um, but you've taught me a lot about, about being in the, in the spotlight and how to handle that and how to, how to, how to work with that because inside we are just as screamingly human as everybody else. <laughs> And, um, you know, and then, of course, the feedback. I mean, th that's the other part of it is, is people always want to come up and say something. And somebody said something to me one day, and I made a comment later, because it didn't have anything to do with what I was doing. And they said, people just want to make contact, and they don't know how. And so they'll come up and they'll say something about what you're wearing or your hair or your whatever. And I thought that was a huge insight is because they're, they're looking at us, anybody who's up there, not just you and me, but anybody who's up there as somehow, well, how higher and better and more confident than they are. And so right. I want to talk to this person. I want to get a little bit of what they have. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing they know to do is say something about your hair or your clothes or for you, the, you know, the song you sang. But they're trying to connect. And, and I think that's for all of us, we try to connect and we often don't know how. And especially if, you know, it's not okay to be us. Mm, absolutely. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Not yeah. okay to be us. Yep. That's, <laughs> that is exactly what I felt when I walked in that door was that it was just everything I was feeling was not okay. And everything in my life was not okay. So and amazing how that transformed. So you have changed. Have the people around you changed? Um, yes and no. I, I would say, you know, my relationships have shifted because I've certainly started having boundaries and asking for what I needed. 
but also a huge component of um, CODA is realizing that I always want to control. And that has been something to really look at. I want to control the outcome. I want to control how people talk and how they behave. And that, you know, it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And the difference really is, is that I don't have control over anyone else. The only person I have control over is myself. And so um, I've had to really look at that. You know, it's like, how do I want to be loved? I want to be loved unconditionally, that all of me is okay. And I, and I ask myself, am I doing that in my relationships with people? No, because sometimes I'm not okay with the way that people respond. I'm not okay with what they're doing. And those are the times I realize that I'm completely in my codependence and I need to give that up. And so, um, you know, it's like this constant observation. It's really noticing because at first I didn't know it and now I know it. So now I see it when it happens and now I have the tools to get me through it, which is good. That doesn't mean I don't fall, you know, and I don't make mistakes, but at least I have an awareness now of what it is and when it comes up and I can say, oh, there it is. So that's yeah, helpful. You know, and I've, I've noticed that the the whole control thing is, is it's really a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a friend who had just a horrendous, just a, a amazingly horrendous childhood. And I, I'm also fascinated that she's even functional um, and she's extremely controlling, but that's what controlling her environment and curling, trolling the people around her is what keep, what in, in her psyche keeps her safe mm -hmm. because she had to, you know, she wasn't safe as a kid. Right. And so there, there's all of these different layers that you're getting to look at because of the, of what you're, you know, of, of the process that you're going through that I think one of our messages here is that don't be afraid of it. You know, it, it is hard. It is scary, but the rewards that, you know, come it's like because I do see you as more relaxed in the, I think the last year I've, well, not since March, <laughs> the last year before we, before we had to go underground. Um, I've noticed that you've been more relaxed and, and really okay with if on, on a day when on a Sunday, if you're like, I didn't sleep last night and I have to go sing and we go off in a corner and, you know, spend a couple moments just getting quiet and that getting quiet, I think, and just stopping even for a minute, just one minute can make so much difference. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to read you a little thing. I, I use a, um, it's called in this moment daily meditation book. And I think it was on the 18th of October and it just hit me so hard, but the meditation was in this moment, I relax in my meetings. I have attended. The topic has been fear before I came to CODA fear meant forget everything and run in recovery. It's changed to face everything and recover. I know when fear comes up, I have a choice. I can react or I can act. These days, I choose to act. I acknowledge the fear, practice positive self-talk, write about it, and share with my sponsor. Then I let it go and I relax. And that really hit me because I realized that I did come from forget everything and run to face everything and recover. I did really make that shift 
that I am willing to look. I am willing to see what I am doing in my life that is not working for me. And that once again shifted it from blaming and resenting everybody to, oh, I have a choice. I'm the one who's choosing. So that was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Anne, I think we could keep talking about this, but that is such a beautiful, beautiful thing for us to sort of exit on. And I just want to thank you so much for being with me today and sharing your story. And who knows, maybe along the way, we'll have another conversation. I would love that. <laughs> thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Deborah. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening today. Discover Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center Sacramento. If you feel inspired and want to show your appreciation and support, please go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, Deep peace of the sons and daughters of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.